opener this week, Eminem Without Me, because we are without Warren Smith. He is tending to family duties, so the Take Me Now, you have seen it all. Podcast continues, but without Waz's catch cry. We've gone with Eminem as I welcome Lara Pitt and Hannah Hollis for a very good reason. Lara, paint the picture to our listeners. How did <laughs> Ms Hollis enter the podcast realm this morning? What kind of a dance move do you call that, Hannah? Like a shimmy. A shimmy shake. A shimmy shake a in of- the doorway. A bit of, I don't want to say that word actually, but yeah, it was really excellent. It was way more exciting than Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Woz. She came in dancing and rapping to Eminem. I'll teach you, Woz. She can come back every week. Is that your ringtone? Why did you have that blaring from the phone as you entered the room? Because I thought, you know. I was just excited to see you. Matt Matt Russell is back from holidays. I got the call up as well. It's all exciting times. Kicking it old school. Back to 2002 is when that song came out. In nappies. A very quick getaway. (laughs) to Europe to surprise the daughter. I applied to be Greece captain coach for the next World Cup. I was rejected. So I'm back here to uh, fill in for Woz and take part in this fantastic podcast. Round 13 is done, ladies, and um, I return to call the Warriors against Melbourne game. And Melbourne continued on their winning way to stay top of the table. And one little stat that I didn't get away during the call, but I wish I had, was a head-to-head matchup between the two hookers, Isaac Luke and Cam Smith. I looked at their head-to-head back. This was the 21st time they'd been head-to-head at club level. And Isaac Luke's most common opponent is Cam Smith. He's played against Cam Smith more than any other opponent. But what about the record after Melbourne beat the Warriors again on the weekend? Isaac Luke, two wins, 19 losses against Cam Smith. Not exactly a glowing record as... (laughs) The Storm continue to do what they've done so far this season and impress even with four players backing up from Origin. They were outstanding. They hung in the game early and they swamped the Warriors in the second half. And Mm. Melbourne, they're going to take some beating again this year. And they just toyed with them in the second half. Well, Cameron did anyway. He just lapped up the ability to reel them in and then spit them out, (laughs) really. So how old now? 35. 35. Him Billy Slater, same birthday, 35 And just looking now. refreshed and not affected anymore by the rep period, which Cooper Cronk can attest to now. It <laughs> makes you feel a million bucks and it only means good things for the Storm. Well, that was my sort of standout little element from the weekend, the record between Isaac Luke and Cam Smith. Hannah, you had a moment as well, didn't you? Yeah, so I was sidelined yesterday for the Queen's birthday match, the fifth annual clash we've seen between the Bulldogs and the Dragons. And this wasn't actually a footy-related observation, but it it happened in the sheds, but it was about something that happened on the field. So at some point during the match, I I forget exactly when it was, Tarek Sims flies out of the line. Jack Cogger, the poor little um, half in... um, for the Bulldogs, puts a kick up and Tarek Sim, with every bit of his 100 kilo mm-hmm. flame or kilo frame, um, tackles him. And poor Jack hits the deck and he, he's just lying there and he's like, no, i got to get up. And he gets up and he tries to run and he makes it a few steps and then he completely falls over again. So he goes straight off with an HIA, fails that. Um, and I was just standing down in the tunnel after the game just waiting for some of the coaches to come out for the press conferences and I see Tarek come out and he's just like got, just got his skins on essentially and he's standing around the Bulldogs sheds and he I could hear him go, oh, can you go get Jack Cogger for me? And I was like, that's interesting. So I'm standing back and I'm just watching it 
And so they all go off into the tunnel and Jack Cogger comes out and he goes, hey, mate, just want to apologise for the hit, want to check in and see if you're okay. Like, I'm sorry about that. You know, it's all footy. Turns out they're actually good friends. So he was just checking in on a mate and I thought that's a really nice moment because, you know, we want them to be rivals on the mm. field but we like to know that they are, they are looking out for each other's well-being and safety afterwards. And there was no malice in it but, mm. you know, you get that white line fever. So as soon as, you know, as soon as the 80 minutes is over, everyone goes back to being friends. But Jack was like, no worries, mate, I get it. I might be biased because I'm from the south coast of New South Wales, but I've always had a lot of time for the Sims family and that's mm. typical of their behaviour. They are mm. good blokes and you throw Ruan in there and you make it a good family, that's the Sims family. It was a sickening hit. I, you'd yeah. not be human if you didn't want to inquire about how he was doing because he really... He walloped him. Yeah. He sickening but legal, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, it just, I, his head hit the ground. And, and, and I know that his chin hit the shoulder or arm of Tarek Sims, but I would argue, as did Paul Kent on NRL 360, that it was the effect of the legal contact that they knocked their head down into the shoulder. So I had absolutely no problem with that. I agree we need to look after the playmakers in the game, which we are doing, but that would have been going overboard and, to, yeah. to punish and that. the playmakers are happy to be hit. Cooper, was, Cooper exactly. Cronk last night was applauding Kikau. He doesn't like it when players <laughs> blindside him when he, you know, when his back's yeah. turned and the ball's passed. He's all for protecting all the halves that, that get hit late mm. and illegally. But, you know, fair game if you get your timing right. He knows that he's, he's um, yeah, he's going to cop them every now and then. My moment uh, is sort of a sort of culmination of a story that we're putting together for League Life tonight. So, on Friday, I was at Bankwest Stadium for the West Tigers v Raiders game and, um, just the lead up to that game, I caught up with Chris Lawrence and his family um, and his beautiful daughter Emerson and his wife Catherine and his mum and he's obviously was coming back from nothing short of a horrific, uh, terrifying car crash injury that was suffered in a complete accident uh, at a pre-season training uh a training session in New Zealand in February. So I got to sit down with his family in the lead up to the game and and really hear about how difficult that injury was. And I guess we all uh, in a way take for granted that the players are warriors and that they, Mm. you know, love the the contact of the sport. But um, it was, it was very special to be able to sit down with his family and hear it from their point of view and what they all went through um, on his recovery and what Chris has gone through, not so much from the physical point of view to more the mental side of it because his face um, was completely different when he came out of surgery Um, and, you know, even now he's conscious that he doesn't look the same as what he did prior Mm. to the awful accident. Mm. So... um, to see him come back and to see his whole family there on the night at Bankwest, yes, it wasn't a very nice result at all and he he himself was pretty harsh on his own performance. He came on a lot earlier than he thought he would because Mahe Fanua got a head knock and then he ended up playing a lot more minutes than he expected to. But, um, you know, we were there in the sheds at full time and we've, we caught up with them as well after the game. And it's safe to say they were all very emotional and very nervous um, naturally and there were very much serious discussions about whether he would hang up the boots. And mm. he said that if if his missus had said to him, I absolutely want you to now, seriously, this is this is it for you, then he would have. But as loving and as supportive as Catherine has always been, she could see that it was what he wanted to do and that was to come back and and prove that, you know, this wasn't going to be the end of his NRL career. Um, but, yes, he, he obviously did that with the clearance of surgeons and cool. the, the very um, special people that have been treating, have been looking after him and getting his face 
basically putting it back together because God. there was 11, 11 fractures in his face. So He collided with Ben Matalino in a Auckland yep. practice session, wasn't it, before they a pre-season trial? They were both going trial. in for a tackle and he describes what happened and it's pretty mm. horrendous. And I, I think for his teammates it was the worst thing they've ever seen if you speak to Benji Marshall and Robbie Farah wow. about it to see his face at that point and he – Obviously, he talks about the fact that he had no idea how bad it was. He just thought he'd, bro- you know, broken a cheekbone. But when he saw the players looking at him, he was like, "Oh God, this! Mm. I must be a mess because they were phys- they were they were upset, yeah, mm. distressed, they, distressed to mm. see him in the way that he was." So we've got that story tonight on League Life, and um, and yeah, he, Chris is. We all know Chris is just the notorious good guy in rugby league. He's got a really beautiful family, and he's got us. Mart head on his shoulders, and to be quite honest, he could give away the game now because he's got a business. He's he's got he's got a he's degree. Prepared. He's prepared, but you know what? He wants to give it another go, and and um, you know nobody can tell him otherwise. His mum and dad were were there, and um, they just wanted them to get the win for him in the end. But yeah. sadly, not to be. You know what? It's one thing to come back from a bung knee or busted ribs or a collarbone mm. break, but to have such a serious facial injury, I can't imagine what sort of mental hurdle you have to clear to then run onto a rugby league field and put yeah. yourself in that environment again. So I watched that game with much interest. And when number 20, I think he was, yep. came on, I was amazed and super impressed to see Chris Lawrence run those brave um, – kamikaze lines again. He's a great straight hole runner, always has been, and he did so regularly. His hands perhaps weren't quite what they used to be because he's been out for so long, but you could tell that the footy instinct and the way he plays was still there. Mm -hmm. And it was good to sit back on the chair and think, he's going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. And Robbie Farrow came into the sheds after the game to hug the whole family and he celebrates game 300 soon, as does Benji Marshall, but everyone at the club said that that moment on Friday would was far would far outweigh any other milestone for the no. year because the whole club has had to see what he's gone through. And, again, probably not so much physically but the mental side of it. Mm. Mm. Okay, well, when it comes to comebacks, Wade Graham made yes. an impressive comeback <laughs> as well and I was actually just on the Sharkies' website watching a Road to Recovery 20-minute oh. special done by the Sharks' media department, which has been praised already this season for giving us that fly-on-the-wall look at Bronson Sherry being named for his debut. So a lot of the media departments at the clubs are doing really slick work and this mm. is the latest offering from the Sharkies who followed Wade Graham basically from the operating table right through to the comeback. It's, it's worth a watch whether you're a Sharks fan or not. And mm. didn't he make an impressive return in a 42-22 win against Parramatta? And what I'm really looking forward to is this combination with Bronson Cherry. We know that Wade Graham is an elite player. Mm. Now you park this prodigy outside of him. And we got a little <laughs> glimpse of what that's possibly going to provide us with against the Eels, but as they continue to play together. Goodness gracious. Are you excited about that? Yeah, they're going to have to keep him on the left, aren't they? Josh Morris. Absolutely. Over what a, to the right. Yeah. Because he was obviously playing there yep. before he went to origin. But um, you don't mess with that combination no. when it shows such great potential because Wade Graham's got such great ball handling skills, can do the offload, and then Bronson Cherry, just huge, strong runner. I mean, good luck getting in front of him and stopping him. And he was so busy. He was just around him. Mm. He knew that... Wherever Wade was, things were going to happen, and, and Matt, Matt Moyle in that on that side. So yeah, ten yeah. tackle busts for Bronson Cherry, <laughs> and he's eighteen oh. years of age. He's going to be Rookie of the Year, and he's Do you a speed demon. Who else? What about Britton Nakora? Yeah, he's got some teammates yeah. ahead of, that yeah. could challenge him. If he keeps scoring tries at the rate that he is, mm. Bronson, 
Yeah, true. There's, there's a couple of Sharkies who might duel it out themselves for Rookie of the Year honours. But mm. when you look at these teams who won on the weekend who are around the top four now, Canberra, mm. Newcastle, Cronulla, so much for the talk that it's going to be a three-horse race, Melbourne, Souths and the Roosters, because you could mount a really strong case that Canberra, Newcastle and Cronulla are going to bring enough to the table through the back end of the season and through September to be a real contender. We know that... Let's go through it individually, then you can have your say on it. Canberra keeping another opponent to nil, beating yeah. the Tigers 28 blot. Then you go to Newcastle, who've won six straight. And as Blocker Roach tells me, he longs look at teams who put a run of wins together during the season to say that they're a, a, a contender for the premiership. Then you go to the Sharkies, who have weathered this injury toll, and you look up and here they are in sixth position with their best, you'd imagine still to come. So there's three teams straight away that might turn a three-horse race into a six-horse race, ladies. Yeah, absolutely. I feel I feel like every year as that team that gets that confidence that knows they can go on that run as mm. Blocker uh, likes to talk about. Like the Sharks in that year they won the premiership. 16. They went on that crazy run. The amazing. Cowboys. In I feel 15. Like they had or a, in 17 when they middle the injuries. No, but the, ga- the year when they won the premiership they kept they did those incredible comebacks. It wasn't necessarily that they – they just did something special. Mm. They managed to do something special consistently through the year um, and they the teams that get you excited um, and the Newcastle Knights are like that. The Raiders are definitely like that. Watching them on Friday night, you know, up close. I, I, I've always loved watching the Raiders though. And yeah. for once now – they're doing it on the other side of the ball as well. Mm. So we've always loved watching them attack. Mm. And I think there's so much upside in them because of the injuries yeah. that they've got. They're showing they're showing they can withhold and withstand pressure and adversity when they when important players go down or when they're away in origin duty. I saw this great tweet online um, from Joel Kane. He quote tweeted it from someone. Yep. He's like, This is a text from a mate of mine. Every premiership winning team since 2012 has kept the opposition to nil at least once during the season. So far this year, the Raiders are the only team to do it and they've done it three times. There you go. Oh, so, so, so people are getting excited from Joel's that, special. Oh, that's a good one. It is. It's a really great stat. And yeah. I, um, I showed I showed Tommy and um, he's like, let's buy grand final tickets. So Hannah's, <laughs> okay. Hannah's fiancé is a massive Raiders fan. There so you go. He's married, Tommy's lining up she's already. She's married into it. But the, um, <laughs> the other thing I, I like to hear from Ricky is that the emotion is always raw and real in his press conferences when he said this one uh, on the weekend was around the fact that winning – They've got to enjoy this winning feeling and get used to it because once they do, it will become a habit. Yes. And that's a, something that the Raiders haven't haven't been able to say for so long. It's always been the pull your hair out Raiders. So true. And frustrated and we feel sorry for them. They got dudded. Or like they, they're, they're hoping to win rather yeah. than expecting to yes. win. Mm-hmm. And you hear players talk about winning is a mentality and when you're playing in a side like the Panthers a year or two ago when they were when they were pulling those rabbits out of the hat and they just got used to doing that so they backed themselves to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think the more wins Canberra can string together, tough wins, gritty wins, which is probably not a term we'd use to describe mm. um, the Raiders, I think, yeah, the better off there'll be more confidence from that. When it comes to defence, best defensive team in the league at the moment, Melbourne, having yep. conceded 153 points, but second to them, the Canberra and Raiders. the Raiders were up there. They've, they were the yeah. best defensive team mm. through the first four, six weeks, yep. but since then Melbourne has gone past them, but the Raiders still mm. right there. So well done to the Raiders, 28 nil. We've spoken about Cronulla. But there's a lot more upside to the Sharks as well. And when I was there on Saturday night, 
uh, Fafita came on and had that incredible first stint and then was put on the bench and then sat on the bench for the rest of the first half. He stood, sorry, he doesn't sit, he stands or he goes on the bike <laughs> or he stands or he goes on the bike because he's never yeah. a good spectator. And I think you'd all remember last year when he used to get hooked not hooked, but brought off. Yeah. Sorry, he never got hooked, the but brought off. The yeah, you have come to come off. Play. Sorry, yes. Andrew, but someone yes. else needs a turn. He'd crack it at Flano. Yes. But he was so at ease about it. So I walked up to him at halftime as the players were coming off. He was waiting for them all. And I said, oh, you need to get back out of there, don't you? And, he, and he's like, no. Nah. He's like, they're doing really well. And he goes, we've just got the guys back now, coming back, and I've got faith in the in the kids that are out there. So I think... You know, there's he's sort of a, a bit more at ease, and also has flogged himself with the mm. hamstring injuries that he's had. Mm. Um, and then I caught up with him at full time, and he did get his second stint, and and they went on to win it quite handsomely. And we were talking before the sideline full time interview, and I said, "Are you skinnier?" And he's like, "He's like, yep." He's like, I am. I'm like, why? How? And he's like, oh, these young ones, like they're just pushing, you know, they push us so much and in the gym and, you know, they, really? and I think the competitive spirit of Fafita would be like, oh, I've got to keep that. up with these young young that. guns coming through. And he said, I think my, my wife wants me to go for a blood test because she's not sure why. <laughs> just to make sure I'm okay oh. because he's, oh, you know, to make, well, just because he's, he's always had a bit of, yeah. a, you know, the big prop. He's that a he front is. Roller, yeah, he's allowed exactly. to carry a bit yeah. of extra around the, the middle. Um, and weighed as well. I spoke to him at full time and I said, You look thinner. And he said, I'm the thinnest I've ever been. And wow. he goes, Am I too skinny? I'm like, No, not too Have skinny. a look at lean. Road to Recovery. You'll see why he he's has lost skinny. so much, how much. He's had to work so hard yeah. to get back. And uh, it, He looks the fittest. And he said he definitely feels the fittest. I feel old because I recalled Andrew for feeder during his under 20s days with West Tigers. And to hear you describe him as now mature elder statesman at the Sharkies, I think, wow, he has come a long, long way. Well done, Andrew. I actually don't know if I'll ever describe Andrew as mature, but he's an elder statesman. He's yeah. a veteran now. He's calling his teammates kids. He's yeah. got to be an elder statesman. That's so That's good insight. He's a big kid, but yes. Totally big kid. It's fun, Sideline. Uh, we've so all spent time Sideline, and, mm. and when they're on the bikes uh, without the coach gazing down at them, they're, they're quite happy to chat a lot of the time. Yeah. And you can get some great information, and yeah. they give you a wink, and quite often, as we know, the players are happy to be distracted by whatever else is going on around them. They often look at the monitor that you're watching and come up and have a few words to you. Yeah, yeah they want to see the replay close up. they can be very helpful. Like, for instance, they at can. Shark Park on Saturday night, I have, it, as you can hear, a fabulous cold, and I could not find a tea bag in the glorious Sharks media box because it's not five-star, let's just put it that way. It's not Bankwest Stadium. All I wanted was a tea bag for my freezing cold sideline. Anyway, the Parramatta, the Parramatta doorman could see me walking around with a cup of hot water <laughs> and so we went into the, the sheds for me and got, they have a tea station in the sheds. Beautiful. And I got a tea bag from the Parramatta Eels. Um, they <laughs> gave me like a – he's like, he brought Fantastic. four different ones. He's like, which one? Pepman. Oh, I took the English breakfast. Anyway. <laughs> Beautiful. The Roosters are very good. They hand out drink bottles to um, all the sideline people and look after I us that. very I much. That. So maybe there you go. Maybe Matt Russell special. Maybe. maybe. Okay. I wish mm. it was something heavier than just uh, <laughs> a bit of vodka in there, maybe. Gatorade or water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Newcastle, I don't Sorry. think we can just gloss over their six-game winning streak. And, mm. you know, their forward pack standing up to South Sydney, I liked that, you know. I know it's been spoken about a lot, the Biffo, but it was more than that for me. It was the likes of Fitzgibbon and Barnett and Daniel Saifidi all of a sudden putting his name into the origin um, realm. No David Clemmer. They, they get a win that maybe they wouldn't have got. Um, you know, so Newcastle's forward pack and then you've got Ponger and Pierce. They've got the ingredients there, don't they? They, they are going to be a force. I, I tipped them to finish top four. 
at the start of the season and I was horribly wrong after six rounds. I thought they're going to finish near last, but they've turned it around with a click of a finger. I went top four. I went top eight and then I was like, oh, dear, this is not not looking good, is it? But, um, yeah, I think I I love that Brownie straight away said they've been trodden all over by the Rabbitohs since 2011. Mm. You go back to if you were a fan of Newcastle, imagine every time you play the Rabbitohs, you'd be like, oh, we haven't. Yeah, this is just not a game we look forward to. And I just always find it fascinating that you can one week motivate a team to bash up another team. Like mm. what do that what did they say this week? I don't know to the boys, the Safidis and so on to say, you know, let's get these Burgess. Well, why haven't you done that? Why didn't haven't they done that since 2011? But mm. it it's the confidence that they're playing with. They've come in on a winning streak uh and and once that that you got that feeling, mm. it must be a a confidence that you can therefore topple over anybody. Yeah. I think they're playing this year with with a renewed sense of how capable they are and where their potential actually is. I think they're surprising themselves. I loved listening to Nathan Brown on NRL 360 last night and he was speaking, he was good, wasn't he? speaking about his forwards in particular, the likes of Saifidi, Fitzgibbon and Barnett and the impact that David Clemmer and Tim Glasby have had on the team mm. that Nathan Brown as coach hasn't been able to get out, of, get out of them. The way that they deal with losses, the way that the likes of Clemmer and Glasby, who have played in grand finals and massive like state of origin, big occasion games how they deal with losses and and how their preparation is for every game that they go into. And Nathan Brown said that was something that he was unable to instill in them, but just watching others and how others perform and prep prepare was really eye-opening. And then Kaylin Ponger on the weekend when we were talking about whose hat could be thrown in the ring to replace David Clemmer at origin level, he goes, you know what, Daniel Saifidi has been killing it for us. I'd love to see him play for the Blues. And I loved that. I love that... Mm his fullback is backing a teammate, someone who we kind of watch Daniel Saifidi and we go, he's a good player. Is he ever going to become a representative? Is he ever going to reach the the, the dizzying highs that some of our NRL stars get to um, get to experience? So, I mean, I, I really like that. But certainly um, they're playing with this tough aggression, which is what we love to see. Mm. I, I feel like that's a nice story and I'm going to be poo-poo on it, but I f- feel like it's such a big game. And, yes, we'll, mm. we, is Saifidi a good option to debut in a game that New South Wales must win? Mm. When we've had, we've got other players. I know there's, it's very possible that they'll pick a debutant off the bench, but this is a – we've lost a starting front rower. Yep. Mm. We haven't lost a bench front rower. And, and there's not a bloke sticking his hand up, another big-bodied, in-form prop saying, pick me, pick me, I'm ready to go. Jordan McLean was there. He got yeah. injured. Yeah. Um, there's Matt Lodge as a contender. I, I love the fact that Dale Finucane would, would be tailor-made for origin. You could move Jake Trebojevic into the front row, play Finucane as lock. But then, as the experts tell me, do you have big enough bodies in your forward pack? Mm. Uh, and, and I you know, that's a fair argument. But for me, I know what Dale Finucane's going to give me. I know what Jake Trebojevic is going to give me. It will be a drier, harder track in Perth where... Um, it's going to be a faster game, so maybe more mobile, smaller packs might work. I would love to see Dalfin. I've long been a f- huge fan of Dalfin Ukin. The bigger rooster, make him a New South Wales blue, put Jake Trebojevic into the front row. There you are, Russell's solution. He's one of those players, though, that Queensland would pick. And Absolutely. And New South Wales just have this thing, I don't know, it's about glamour. 
or I, about, I don't I feel, know. I feel like if he was playing for Queensland, he would have played a long time yes, ago. He would have got yeah. his start. He, we wouldn't be waiting this long. What do you make of the argument that Wade Graham should go back into the Blues squad? I don't, I don't personally don't agree with it because he's like a second row. We're trying to replace a starting prop. I just don't know if you put yeah. someone like Wade Graham into the equation. And yet, two some games of the back expert, from a knee, Rico. I, right. And he's not a specialist prop. I, I'd, I'd be going into the realm of Regan Campbell-Gillard. If he plays out of his shoes this weekend, does sure. he come in? And what if you're going to pick Regan Campbell-Gillard, why don't you go back to James Tamo? His form at Penrith has been better than Regan Campbell-Gillard and Tamo has played origin. Mm. He's a big body. He's been there before. His form mm. uh, has been, if you look at the numbers, his form is some of his best form since he played origin. Mm. So, you know, there's another name. But as I said, my pick would be, Fanukin and Trebojevic to move up, uh, which will be shot down, but Tyson, that's okay. Tyson Frizzell played in the middle yesterday for the Dragons, yeah. but I just hope they don't do that because he'll burn out. Well, I was going to save the origin chat for later, but yeah. I don't mind yeah, ch- throwing that in. out the window. While yeah. we're speaking, uh, we've got to find a New South Wales prop. Do we have to find a, a new man to oh, play in gosh. the New South Wales halves? Will it be Cleary and <laughs> Walker again, or do they go with a change there given that they pulled uh, Cody off? During Origin One, it doesn't sound. This is not a ringing endorsement for Cody. Uh, and if they want to, which it sounds like they have hung their hat on keeping Cleary in, and whether that's mm. because they don't want to dash his confidence altogether, and he's done a good job defensively, but maybe the playmaking he want, they want to give him the shot to to grow into it. I'm no expert. I talking to Cooper Cronk about it a bit off camera last night. Uh, my my question about it is, if you're going to stick to him, then wouldn't you pick someone alongside him that's going to complement him the best? Mm. Not pick just a, a, a ripper person in that position at club level, but whoever's going to get the best out of him, whoever he's played with the most. And, yes, that obviously is James Maloney. Yeah. Um, and they did it last year. And, uh, and, and Cooper also said last night that he watched Teddy – Try his ass off, and and him and Cook were the ones in attack mm. who who sparked New South Wales. But he could, they didn't have that playmaker to capitalise. So it's an interesting thing seeing Cooper play alongside New South Welshmen now and know what their strengths are. Like obviously mm. for a very long time he played for Queensland, but he mm-hmm. only played alongside Queenslanders mm-hmm. in the Storm system. And now he can see what Teddy needs out there. And he he said he, at left side, obviously someone like James Maloney would fit in really well mm. and, and probably bring him into the game even more. Interesting. So it is, yeah, because then Brad Fittler said, I don't think James Maloney and Nathan Cleary were that good of a combination last year. So if the origin coach is then, actually declaring that, fine. surely he can't put So then you the go into a game which you need to win un, with an untested brand new combination, mm. Mitchell Pierce with Cleary or, I mean, this is assuming they're sticking with Cleary. Are they? I don't yeah. know. I ran into Greg Alexander this morning in the uh, Fox and, Sports cafe. And he said everyone's cafe. in the conversation. He's, he's in the mix. They're he's in the mix. In the mix. Mm. I, I'd like to think if it's a do-or-die game and you've got a former bloke who's played in the halves for New South Wales in career best form, according to his coach and experts yeah. in the game, I'm speaking about Mitchell Pearce, who, as we heard last night, Nathan Brown say, he, he's never played this well before because he now has tempo to his game. He always played upbeat at the Roosters. Now he almost walked into a couple of plays the other day mm. to provide a contrast to that front foot, all energy uh, performances we've seen from Mitchell in the past. If, you, if you've got a bloke who's been there before and is in the best form of his career, why aren't we picking him? And alongside Cleary, how would that work? 
Well, that's the big unknown, isn't it? It, it might it might work where the Blues win thirty nil. Oh, who knows? I would go back As to a, Maloney and Pierce. Would you? That might be the way Pierce, it gets spat out. I would go Pierce. If you're going Pierce, you, you go back to old old school ways, and you know oh, they won a competition so... together. Mm. I just think in such a big game where you need all hands on deck and experience, it's must win. Mm. New South Wales changing their house combination. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> oh, Why isn't so she weighing in? Yeah. Proud she Queenslander. As, as a Queenslander. She doesn't the care. Your tongue's in there. I yeah. don't care. It's a long while ago now, isn't it? But it was a good game, Origin 1. Mm. Origin 2 yeah. in Perth has a lot to live up to. Mm. It was a did beauty. Did you watch it in I Greece? did. I watched it in a bar in Santorini. <laughs> what time was it? The, uh, it was about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, beautiful. Perfect. And they actually had a VB sign no. hanging at the front of the bar, which made me go in a few days earlier, and then the lady in there <laughs> said that we're showing the Origin game. Will you be back? Sure will. Thanks. Nowhere to come. So there you go. Did you did you look it up, did you? And like, no, no, I was just walking through the alleyways have, and I came across, funnily enough, it. a bar. How does that happen? V, a VB sign. I think it was carved out of wood. Googling Santorini State of Origin. <laughs> yeah. I where can I watch? I couldn't even tell you the, the name of the joint. But anyway, oh, that's, that's where it was. It was um, Were you the only one in there watching No, it? that was... Heaps of people. Who was he? Yeah, it was great. How good. It was great. Did they have a blues jersey and, and on? Walking around, I didn't hear many Australian accents. Yeah. But uh, there were plenty of Australian accents that day. Oh, I so, love it. Uh, and it's such a such a normal time too. Sometimes when you're getting yeah. up to watch sport overseas, you're up at 2 o'clock in the morning it's weird. or something. So you're watching Origin in broad daylight yeah. and then you walk past another establishment, the French Open's on. Beautiful. You know, still daylight. And anyone who's been to Europe will know they operate differently over there. It's basically a midday to midnight existence. Mm-hmm. Um, you still get into a restaurant eleven thirty yeah. with plenty of time to eat. So uh, anyway, just yeah. a few travel offerings from oh, from Russell. Matt Russell. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. How now, good. I want to move on to a couple more games. Manly twenty two, North Queensland twenty. The Seagulls continue to amaze me because Tommy. Trebojevic was back, but let's face it, he wasn't anywhere near his dynamic best. Mm. He was fit, and that's a, a big tick for the Seagulls. But for them to win in North Queensland, you know, 22-20 in a tight game, a comeback victory, they just continue to surprise. I'm wondering, is the bubble ever going to burst? Or are we talk, talking about a top eight team here at the end of the regular season? Leading into the game, the players were talking in the media about how Des uh, refuses or the rule is no losing streaks. Okay, so you lose one in a row and that's yeah. it. But they were on a two-game losing streak, so he was pretty fired up last week and he they were talking like we are going there and winning. That's the talk they were um, projecting leading into the game. It wasn't, oh, we'll go up and do our best. They're a tough opposition. It's a hard place to go. Mm-hmm. It's Well, Des doesn't like losing uh, in any streak. So, yes, they've had – I don't know if that's not been the case this year. I haven't looked at their draw exactly to see if they've lost more than one in a row. They did at the start of the year, round one and two, two losses. Okay. So, other than that, this was their two – Then it was three wins in a row, then a loss, then two wins in a row, then a loss. So, yeah, streaks, win, winning streaks are good, but yeah. no doubles. So, he's had a couple of doubles. But, but anyway, know, that yeah. was the mentality. I think with players, you make them those small goals. Yes, obviously, we're always chasing the W, but mm. – these are the rules under Des. Usually it's you've got to f- complete 12 from 12. I remember that was his rule at the Bulldogs, 12 from 12 to start the game and mm. you'll win. So at Manly, the rule is must not have a streak of lo- losses. Of losses. So Get they were and talking it. like if we don't win this game, Des will not 
have us on Monday, basically. So, Jeez. Um, I, it, it can't be understated the job he's done there. Well, a window into the mind of a jet lag commentator mm. couldn't sleep overnight. One thing I do to try and get back to sleep is go through the team list that I'm calling this weekend, mm. just to put the names in my head and see how many of the 17 I know off the top of my head. Yep. As I was going through the Manly team at 4.30 this morning what in my head, the team? I actually thought to myself, that, that, that's not a bad team. Oh, okay, you remembered. Really? It's not, it's not, a, bad, not a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas at times earlier in the season, we were just dismissing them as being, I ha- yeah. hang on, they're not going to be there. When you actually go through the lineup, you can think, well, not only have, do they have some good players, but the players who might not boast the status of others in the league have form that says, yeah. well, geez, they're going well now. Yeah, I have to admit, I tip Manly to get the spoon. <laughs> and but that was based on what happened as well last year. It I think was, we, yeah. All, yeah. we all fell into this that they were terrible when, in fact, as we know in rugby league, if there's terrible things going on off the field, mm. it has a lot, uh, it can have a big impact on the playing group. Yeah. And I just saw, I was like, okay, they haven't done any recruiting like that, anything impressive in the off-season. The big change is Des Hasler. And mm. I was like, okay, sure, he's going back to Manly. How much impact can Des really have on this playing group? You know, and that that we might see them win the first five out of their six games, get off to a flying start, and then the fairy dust will wear off the novelty of having Des back. That storyline, we'll all just forget about it. Um, Origin will come round and then, you know, potentially that'll be the end of the Seagulls. And it's not like look, they... I'm happy to eat my words. Um, certainly I've been reminded of my um, wooden spoon <laughs> prediction by yeah. the fabulous people on Twitter. And <laughs> And I totally am happy to say, like, I, I love seeing Manly do so well. Um, and I think this is a team, should they go on to make top four, hell, even win the premiership, you look at this side and you go, you know what, this is the saying where the um, the culmination of a group effort outweighs any star performance or individuals mm. in the team. Like, the effort of everyone pulling together and having a good team will outweigh the team, like, will... Um, uh, will perform better on the day than Melbourne, who's full of stars. If they run eighth, let's say they run eighth, does Des Hasler get coach of the year, given that plenty of people predicted them to run just second last or last? I would say it just mm. depends where Ricky finishes yep. and where Nathan Brown finishes. Fair enough. But, he, yeah, there's right. a, there's a, definitely a few coaches up for co- If John Morris gets the Sharks, yes. although, yes, they're a good team, mm. It's he's been thrown into that you know, um, at the very last minute. Um, yeah, there's some, some That's a good, good race. coaching efforts. It's a good race to be coach yeah. of the year, isn't but it? But I would say also on Manly is that they've done it with injuries, like to mm. their star players. Yeah. They've brought in little-known replacements as well. Yeah. Or Cade Cust, yeah. never heard of him until um, this season. <laughs> and um, the fullback uh, that came in. Elliot. Elliot. Brendan, Brendan Elliot. Elliot. Brendan and Elliot. he had to fill in for Turbo for all those games. Yes. And everyone thought, oh, Turbo's out, they're going to be – they're going to be shot and they, you know, anyway, they, the whole idea that anyone fills anybody's shoes, um, we wouldn't ever actually believe it when it's Tom Trebojevic, but they mm. still manage to rack up important wins to start the year. That's why they're in the eight. Well, from one coach who's going really well to a coach who had a pressure-easing victory, Garth Brennan's Titans 26-18 over Brisbane and uh, it's more a story here about Brisbane dropping another game and needing a huge back end of the season. And lurking around it all is this story that Tyrone Peachy is going to leave the Titans and head back to Penrith, which leads us into this June 30 deadline and all the player movement. Dallin Watteni's a Lesniak going to uh, Canterbury, mm. Parramatta. Who knows what's going to happen there with Tim Manor set to pack his bags. We've touched on that already. And Tyrone Peachy, the, the promise of more to come. I don't like it. I, I don't like – I know it has to happen and in, if you look 
at the United States. It happens all the time. It's part of professional sport. You go to bed on Friday, you wake up Saturday and get told to pack your bags. Mm -hmm. But if you use the Tim Manor one as an example, I just don't like seeing a bloke who's played 11 seasons and has become somewhat of a club favourite in the blink of an eye be headed supposedly to another club. Tossed out. I would say that they're... That's a different story, though, right? Yeah. Because he's got this. There's a lot of sentimentality around, around his his uh, yeah. leaving his the club. To the but club. Yeah. other players are moving around. I'd love to see a trade window or a week, whatever. During shouldn't the, the trade window be after grand final day up until season kicks off? No, because things happen during the year. Lots of players get injured. We've got this 30-man squad. Some clubs only fill 28 and, mm-hmm. you know, things happen. They want to keep things up their sleeve in yeah. case they need to go and purchase someone I else I think it from could elsewhere. be exciting. And, you know, and players, I, don't, I think players are often too um, sensitive around, oh, well, it's packing up my livelihood. I need to know my future a year in advance. It doesn't happen. No. Have you seen Moneyball? No. Yeah. You know, you get cut on Friday and, you're getting and then paid you're getting hundreds traded. and hundreds of thousands True. of dollars that yeah. comes with the territory. I get yeah. that. Yeah, I like but, the idea um, of a trade window, but for, for Manor, I feel like there's a lot more going on here around the rebuild of the Parramatta Eels and the culture there. And we all love Tim and the bloke that he is, mm-hmm. but there's obviously been a, an extensive review around what they need to rejuvenate at that club from a culture point of view. And that is absolutely not saying that Tim mm-hmm. Manor is a, has a, is a seed and, and a part of that problem. Um, but they're, they're going he's not going to be the only one to go. Mm. And, yes, he is very much and has been the face and, and the captain of the club. So it's a hard one for, for people to digest. But it was the same when James Graham left the Bulldogs. People were really upset about that. That was more of a salary cap problem. Mm. Josh I mean, Reynolds. It, yeah, it's, Bulldogs. Unfortunately, these things have happened more commonly, it feels like, lately. Mm. I think I want to know... I want to know the context too. I want to know the backstory and how this is all happening. Um, I wonder if Parramatta fans hearing the news about Tim Manor get flashbacks of 2016 when the likes of Peach, uh, t- um, uh, Nathan Peets has to go and then mm. play up at the Gold Coast because it was just such a catastrophic year for them in every category possible. Um, so when you look at when you look at that happening or you look at Peachy going to the Titans and then coming back or potentially coming back, I just oh, I want. I want more info. I want to know why because then I'll be able to formulate an opinion yeah. on whether I think it's reasonable or not. If he mm. is just unhappy on the Gold Coast because his family don't like the warm weather, then I don't really have much sympathy. Mm. Um, and then, yeah. you know, the likes of Tim Manor, if he's being squeezed out that's not in his control, then, okay, well, why Why does he have to go to the West Tigers? From my understanding, there was that changes were made two weeks ago before they played and won at Bank West uh, two weeks ago. Uh and they, one of the hardest conversations for Brad Arthur to have before that game was to say to Tim, you're going to be one of my major changes. Mm. So I don't think at all it's been an easy thing for Brad Arthur to do, but perhaps it's taken its toll mm. on Tim and he has said, well, I don't want to be here if I'm not in the future. If you can't guarantee that I'm, I'm going to be able to get my way back in. I mean, these are all... Who but but then, really what, happening. is he going to be a starting prop at um, West Tigers? I don't think so. So, you, you know, you just wonder. So similar when when um, when Peachy went up to the Titans, he was playing in the centres or off the bench for mm-hmm. Penrith and then he went up and he's just doing the same thing for Garth Brennan on the Gold Coast. I kind of go, well, like, what are you, what are you expecting or, or, or what are you wanting here? These players are leaving clubs to uh, maybe they're chasing the money or, or a different lifestyle, but or they're being squeezed out, and which we don't know the backstory of. But I just wonder, I'm like, if you if you're playing the same position, like, why is 
Dallin Watteni Zelezny leaving Penrith to join the Bulldogs. They already have a fullback in Nick Meany. His position, he wants to play fullback. Are they going to kick Nick Meany out? He's doing an okay job. And a club that's had to already farewell a number of high-profile yeah, players I mean, recently exactly. to free up salary cap space. Then he's in the market, having told us that they wouldn't be in the market, yeah. which brings us to a wider point. As fans of the game, I wonder whether we uh, have an appetite for greater... Um, transparency. transparency when it comes to each club's salary cap situation. Mm. Uh, who's paying who what? Yep. around the league? Mm. Now, obviously, players' privacy has to be guarded, but you can still do that and let people know what level of your salary cap is being paid and how many players at other cl- clubs you are actually still funding. Mm. Um, I know that you know league headquarters and the Fox Sports website recently published for the first time in a long time where every player is at at every club in terms of the length of their contract. And until mm. recently, that had only been on a few websites that wasn't yeah. necessarily confirmed. So maybe we're going down that path. I would love that. I would love to be able to look at my club and go, okay, well, we're, we're right on the cusp of the salary cap or we're significantly under it at this point mm. and we are under it at this point because we're funding six other players around the league. Definitely. But, of course, there are boards at clubs who don't want that information yeah. released. I mean, I had a thought when I heard that Dallin was – Dallin Martini's Lesnar was moving to the Bulldogs. Oh, hang on. Do the Bulldogs have money now? What? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm kind of thinking I can't be the only one to have that thought when you hear that news. You're like, hang on, aren't the Bulldogs still dealing with, like, salary yeah. cap situations and they're still trying to offload players? I don't feel – I'm like, you know, we're working in the game. You go, was is there enough transparency there because – I'm sure as a fan who doesn't have the privileged knowledge that we do would hear that news and go, wait, what? Now we're buying people? And that's why, who knows, maybe the bulk of his contract is still being paid for by Penrith. But sure, by having the dogs tip in a little bit, that frees up enough room for them to do something or, or stay mm. under the cap. You don't know. But that's where the fans need to know that information because I've just signed the incumbent Kiwi captain. That's it. And and Nick Meaney was doing a capable job. Sure. So explain that. Yeah, explain def- that to yeah. the fans. It's definitely a frustration for fans. I have a few in my family. And uh, <laughs> definitely uh, put some pressure on to ask some questions about how clubs are doing it because the perception is that the reason why it's not transparent is because there's been there's rorting. There's, it's dodgy. But mm. that's just what people – and then clubs will come out and say that's not the case. And, you know, that's fine. But everybody – goes, well, if why is it such a well-guarded secret? And mm. If it's all well and good and above board, then why can't we know about it? That's what fans would think. So they just think, well, if you're not going to be forthcoming with the info, maybe there is something. Well, without Dallin Wateni Zalesnia, can Penrith turn three straight wins into five, seven, nine, who knows, and play themselves back into the co- this competition? Have you fallen in love with the energy of Penrith all of a sudden? Well, we love their young guns coming through and mm. that's sort of the enthusiasm that they had in the last couple of years when they you know, were able to run teams down. It was through their youth and enthusiasm. I think they're getting the South Sydney Rabbitohs at a good time. Mm. I mean, Bennett's pretty much said they just need to get to the bye. They're tired. They're mm. they're, they're wounded. They've lost Tom Burgess, Sam Burgess, Adam Reynolds. Uh, it's a good battle as well between Walker and Maloney and Cleary this weekend. Oh. I'm not sure if I'm in love with them yet, though. Okay. I was at Penrith okay. when they lost to the Warriors. Sideways glance at the blue light disco, yeah, Lara. Maybe not yet. They need to win five in a row they need like to the Knights. have to get some dance any... moves to yeah. really woo you. Absolutely. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, liked how, I liked how Dylan Edwards played on the weekend. I thought he... Are you going to two-time Tom with the Panthers? Do you love the Panthers yet? No, I don't love them enough. No. Okay. No. Yeah. There's okay. like there's a bit of sparkle there, but I'm just <laughs> okay. not, I'm not willing to back them. Okay. 
they need to do the worm on the dance floor or something to get Hollis <laughs> interested. The shimmy shimmy shake. Get Eminem on and get Eminem. Fine. Now we've saved the best to last, haven't we? Haven't we, Lara? Dragons thirty six, dogs twelve. <laughs> Corey Norman back, and all of a sudden, all the pieces fit. Everything works like a well-oiled machine. My favourite line out of the day was frog in a sock from Hannah Hollis. It was amazing. I heard that at training, Corey Norman was like a frog in a sock. If you can just picture what that would look like and imagine Corey Norman just busting. Funnily enough, I can. Totally. I actually could. And Hannah had to like act it out to me. She's like, like, here's a sock, imagine a frog in it. And she's like showing me. I was like, okay, excellent, He was so excited to get back out there. It It was really great. And I was talking to him before... The game, and I was asking about his. Um, Did he get a word in? His cheekbone. Did I get a word in? Because <laughs> Corey can talk. Yeah. Once you get him going, which yes. is great. We love that. Yeah. yeah. He. Um, I actually uh, don't think people see that enough. We see it off camera, but yeah. on camera no. he gets a little bit shy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, Hannah. That's all right. And he was telling me about his cheekbone. I was like, how's it going? And he's like, oh, you can see where they put the plate in. So he's showing me, and if we were able to get a camera on the side of his head, you can see there's a bit of his skin where it looks like, like it's all being glued back together, oh. like not stitches, but glued. And so it looks a bit like wart-like. The skin's mm. gr- it's a bit gross. But that's where they put this little plate in to help um, keep his eye socket together. And he's like, I learned from Manu Ma'u yes. and Brad Takarangi when I was at Parramatta. He goes, they told me, do not blow your nose, whatever you do, or it's going to set your recovery back. So he came back. He only missed three games, um, which was well ahead of where he was expected to return. Um, so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So I thought um, we could use that in the coverage. It never came up, but... Um, Vonnie got it at the Von, end of yeah. the game. It was really yes. good. Yeah, yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so it's just little bits of I um, saw that. info. Yeah, so I just thought that was really interesting and I was like, okay, cool, we've got to get that into the coverage somehow. But mm. um, it was the Corey Norman show yesterday. It was so good to watch him and Ben Hunt combine. It just looks so effortless in a way like it they were just they were just feeding off each other and it they had tempo and rhythm and it just felt like you know I think the only moment I will say I want Queensland to win is if it helps Ben Hunt's confidence yeah because he was shattered after the last year's series and came back and he will admit it he wasn't the same player because Mm. he was mentally shot after last year's series loss so if he comes remarkable Ben Hunt is the million dollar halfback playing hooker for Queensland. Yeah. Is that – it just blows my mind. I go, you are killing it at rep level in a position of which you are not that familiar and you come back and play in the halves. Like, it's it's so impressive. So it's pretty good to be Ben Hunt at the moment or mm. Daly Cherry Evans or Cameron Munster. They <laughs> or all, Hannah Hollis. Or, <laughs> they had wins for Queensland and then they came back to Clubland and had wins. You're, you're happy ladies because you've got happy men because Tommy's a Canberra <laughs> fan and they yes. won. Yes. And Ant is, a as we've spoken about yeah. previously on the podcast, mm. a Red V, tragic – yeah. What and was Ant Cam doing yesterday? Like, well, you have a camera the, on him? At the first set, he wrote, what a disaster. Yeah. That was the first text I got. What a disaster. Is that Was it only that or were there other and words then after, there? No, no, it was just what a disaster. And then, <laughs> of course, after that, everything went very well. So then there was yeah. like, yes, you know, very happy. But even then there was a text amongst there going, you know, if only we could finish this better, we'd, eat, we'd be even, you know, there's always got to be more. You know? mm. And the point is there's still a concern uh, you can't be comfortable. Like, we needed that no. win, but the Manly game is this weekend at Lotto Land, so... Let's get into round 14. We've touched on June 30 deadlines, origin. I want to go back to Cam Smith. Remember I mentioned the Isaac Luke, Cam mm. Smith head-to-head? I also researched Cam Smith, played game 396 
on the oh, weekend. Close to 400. I looked to 400. Where is it? And you won't believe it's it. It's not you Adelaide won't believe it. is it? You won't believe it. Oh, what is my it? God. Against Cronulla oh. at Amy Park. Oh, and either right. side were games away from Amy Park against, how shall I be kind, uh, games that wouldn't have been blockbusters, blockbusters or have a, yeah. a real uh, element to them. But here he's going to play the recent rivalry has been Melbourne and Cronulla yep. and they're at Amy Park for game 400. How good's that? And Cronulla love playing the Storm. So yep. it's not going to be a game that they'll... And they love it's round 17 it if memory serves me. Yeah, right. So... I thought, yeah, were, I thought you were going to say the Roosters in Adelaide against yeah. Cronk. That would have been, also been a nice That would have been one, good. But, but this, yeah, no, yeah, this is good. It's a 7.30 seven game Saturday night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Cancel your plans for the it's, weekend. It's set. Game 400, that rare, that never achieved milestone, 400 games. And oh uh, as I looked forward to that, I thought, I haven't heard much about that. And it's looming large. Mm. God forbid, let's hope he doesn't get There'll injured. Be bots or bots planned. Yeah. yeah. Don't you worry. Oh, and remember, be. in recent milestones, they haven't done well, Melbourne, mm-hmm. with Bellamy and... Slater recently being beaten on big occasions. But anyway, that's down the track. Let's jump into round 14. Uh, It starts in blockbusting fashion, I believe, in Canberra. I'm bound for Chile Canberra on Thursday night. Raiders, Cronulla. And this is a fantastic round because there are some great matchups. Plus, you sprinkle the origin intrigue in there. Mm. And you can, every game is a belter. You'll see every game on Fox League. Canberra, Cronulla, the winner will be in the top four. The loser, won't be. Lots Enough of said. That's great. I love that. And Sean Johnson is back for Cronulla, which means that John Morris, whilst he was pressed to say, you know, Kyle played really well last week, they said yes, but we brought Sean Johnson here for a reason and he's our, you know, he's in the half. So Kyle Flanagan will have to head back to reserve grade. Josh Morris will come back. Um, will this be their strongest team of the season, Cronulla? Well, they're nearly there. Uh, Aaron Woods is not far away, so he's the last piece of the puzzle, but he'll come back after the bye, he said. So, cool. unbelievable game. Uh, I feel sorry, though, for whoever's sideline. That's, that's M. Oh, Russell. Your sideline. M. Oh, you're Russell not calling it your sideline. sideline. Ouch. Yeah. That'll be still I'm, good. The... I'm going to do it in my speedos. It'll be great. <laughs> can you please? <laughs> the atmosphere will keep you warm. <laughs> Tommy had some Canberra Raiders budget uh, smugglers he can lend no. you. No, 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 please. That would be Are you going to go Raiders or Sharks? I'm going Sharks. Really? That's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's huge. I'm going Raiders. Come on, split the difference, please, Lara. She knows what's good for her. She'll tip the Raiders. Girl power? <laughs> or I can't. I don't, I'm not allowed to like. Okay, sh- I'll go the Raiders. Okay, 2-1. Sorry. Love it. Like most things. I'll I'll change it by the time I send my tips to the Telegraph, though, I'm sure. Okay, Um, uh, Gold Coast Warriors, here's the first game on Friday night. So it'll be a much-needed win for one of them. And uh, the Warriors have a belting record on the Gold Coast. They love playing there. Uh, So I'll lean the way of the Warriors, who are paddling their way through another disappointing season, aren't they? I won't – the – the Warriors are dead to me now. The Titans, um, <laughs> the, the Panthers were dead to me for a few weeks ago. Uh, the Warriors have now taken their place, so I'm going to tip the Titans. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Titans too. They had that win on the weekend. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the rest for Ash Taylor helps reset the greater group. And Jared uh, Wallace wants to get that Maroons jersey back. He, he Jai does. Arrow has been yeah, I heard strong. he was uh, very disappointed that he wasn't in the Queensland team. Okay, so read into that what you will. There so you he'll go. be out to play. Uh, with a point to prove. 2 1 again in favour of the <laughs> Titans. I'm running second in every battle. North Queensland, West Tigers, both these teams on 12 points, which makes it another intriguing affair. And the Cowboys just beaten at home. Uh, surely their form in being beaten wasn't as bad as West Tigers' form. 
in being beaten. So I'll go with the Cowboys. Mm, yeah. Want to go against me? I was just going to say, no, the only <laughs> thing I would say is that the Cowboys are running out of players. They've got that many players on the injured list uh, now that it's, you know, proving very difficult. The fact they're having to play Morgan at fullback, mm. disrupting, you know, their attack. Mm. And they just looked a little bit So, are you panicked. tipping West Tigers? Uh, no, I won't because they were horrible. <laughs> I'll go to the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Cowboys too. Although in these moments when a team is held to zero, I always say beware the bounce back because there's nothing like a duck egg next to your team yes. um, to really, you know, Rally, and we haven't really seen Benji and Robbie click since Magic Round. Yeah, it was so good at the start of the year. Hey, mm. rewinding the clock and mm. match of the round in Melbourne to get us going on Super Saturday. Storm Newcastle, Melbourne trying to stay on top. Newcastle trying to get into the top four. You've got Munster against Mitch. You've got Fanukan against Fitzgibbon and Co. Oh. Plenty of origin intrigue along with two form teams at the top end of the table. What a game this will be. Mm. But Melbourne, given that they've lost two games all season, one by a point in Golden Point and one by two points against their nemesis recently, the Sharks. Mm. So on that form, you can't go against them or can you? No, you can't. I'm actually down in Melbourne doing sideline for that game, so I can't wait okay. to get down there. And I mean, I love how well the Knights are playing, but I think Melbourne are going to snap their winning streak, but I hope it's a contest. I hope it's really great. I'm talking to Craig Bellamy before the game, and I'm really interested to get his thoughts on how he prepares his side for this Newcastle team. This isn't the Newcastle we've seen in years gone by. So I mm. want to go, all right, so now when you have a look and you do your video, how have you seen the evolution of the night side? Because when you're That's prepping good. your team, yeah, this isn't like they're not the punching bag that they, you know, unfortunately once were mm. for a lot of teams in the NRL. Well, there's a little bit of insight that Billy Slater will be giving Craig this week because Billy's just spent the last, you know, week mm. at Queensland camp helping Kalen Ponger along. So his job will be... How do we stop him, Billy? Um, how do we stop Kalen Ponga this weekend? I think, yeah, I have to go with the storm um, based on the experience and maybe that the Knights bubble has to burst. But not, uh, I don't know. That's really not confident at all because they've got that you habit. They know. feel like yeah. they know what winning's like now. Yeah. and um, But you have to tip Melbourne because it's the respect that they deserve in a way. You know, they've shown they can do it for so long and stayed at the top for so long. You you almost can't tip against them. They haven't had good starts, though. That start last week against the Warriors was if they do that against the Knights and they can kick on. Anyway, Mm. I'm still going to say the storm out of, yes, immense respect, as you say, Hannah. Penrith chasing four straight victories against South Sydney, who are, in the words of their coach, struggling at the moment. They'll have no Sam Burgess. They'll have no Thomas Burgess. Uh, they'll have their origin players maybe with one eye on the trip to Perth coming up in the next day or two. So Penrith are riding this on current form and I'm tipping them. Are you going to go to Penrith? Yeah. I'm not – yeah, I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the tips just lament. It's a a really difficult one because you look at all the outs that the Bunnies have. They've got no Sam. He's he's their front – Man, he's their leader. I think that they... He's the heartbeat of that team. They just need to get to the bye. I'm going to go Panthers. Okay, and then this one's intriguing. Parramatta against Brisbane. Now, Brisbane were flat and badly beaten by the Titans. Parramatta, if you follow their sequence, the yo-yo's due to come up. Mm. They're due to win at Bank West. Well, I can see the Eels winning this. I reckon Brisbane will bounce back. Uh, if Gutherson is past fit... Yes, big if, isn't it? was 
awful. Mm. And I feel like he's maybe had one this year. I'm not 100% sure on that. Whether or not he plays is a huge a huge bearing on the tip. But um, not two teams that are playing with great conviction at the moment, to be honest. Now, I'm going to jump a game here and save that for last. The final game of the round is Roosters against the Dogs. And I think we're all tipping the yes. Roosters after three straight defeats, given what the Dogs have struggled with. So mm. the previous game, the first game on the Sunday, is at Lotto Land, Manly against St George Illawarra. And isn't this interesting? It's interesting because the Seagulls will feel dudded by the game at Wynn Stadium earlier this year when they exactly. had an escort not identified at the end of the game, which could have gone to Golden Point. So I'm sure Des will be having that on replay in the locker room <laughs> all week just to... Get under their skin. Remember Daily Cherry Evans after full time, straight in the face of David Munro questioning and, mm. and really strong in his stance. It was a highly controversial. I want, right. I do also wonder whether Mary will have to rest players. That was such an important game yesterday and there were so many players that backed up because mm. they needed to win it and whether they're physically – they've got a nice turnaround to, to Sunday but and they have to keep winning so it's, he can't really afford to rest them. So hopefully... Um, Not after, a what, a five-game losing streak into victory. Can you really afford to rest? But they've had the buys. They've, they're really buggered. It's the the likes of Tyson. The origin players, I'd be worried yeah. about the origin players, that's all. Yeah. Tyson Hunt going into another origin camp that night. Mm. Okay, you're a St George Illawarra fan. Mm. Are you comfortable with Paul resting... Uh, the likes of Tyson Frizzell this week, if in fact he's tempted to do so, no, resting I, him for, I don't think they're for in the Freddie position to, to use do the so. following. Don't think they're Sunday. in the position. They should have done it last year, though, when they were winning the Ma- bomb. Maybe he plans to do it down the track, but yeah. but right after they put two or three together. Mm. But um, Tom Trebojevic in this game will look to really say, you can't not pick me. Mm. So he needs a big game. I would say most people are going to pick Manly in this game. 90% of I'm fans not. were going to tip Manly. I'm really? St. George Illawarra. Really? I just think they can get on a – having snapped that streak, yeah. I think they can get on a roll with Corey Norman I returning agree. yesterday, Ben Hunt confident. Mm-hmm. Those attack, those forward weapons that can nullify the likes of Tapao and Fanua Blake who've been going well along with Siren and, and – um, You've got f- – Joel Thompson. Uh, Marty Tapao and Adam Fanua Blake are fresher. So Paul Vaughan, Tyson's having to play in the middle at the moment. Mm. Um and those two have got to play well and they'll want to play well because they're about to go into the New Zealand Tonga setup at international. Course, test. Yeah, yes. so, yeah, that, if, they, if those two boppers play really well like they did last weekend in North Queensland, the Seagulls are going to be hard to beat. Mm, I, like the, I do like the Dragons. After watching them yesterday, I know they can't, that they ran away with it and they looked really good. So maybe depending on the style of game, this ends up being... Yeah. Say, do not say look it into becomes... the Bulldogs at all. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ladies, it has oh, been an go. absolute pleasure. We look forward to league life this week on yep, Fox League. Yeah, we've got James Maloney on tonight. Yep. Talk, we'll ask him if he wants to play. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to play, Jimmy? Mm. Do you want to play? We'll He'll just find a, different ways to ask the same question. Jimmy yeah. Maloney had a great line regarding Dylan Edwards yeah. uh, after the weekend. They asked him about what did you make of Dylan Edwards' game and he said, I'm <laughs> relieved that he's learned to catch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, he, at least he's oh. honest. Yes. He is. And, and he only of course says he, what people are thinking. He then gave him a rap and said, I'm only joking, but it could only come that. from Jimmy. It's fantastic. Players can have a laugh with us because, yeah. I mean, hey, that's what all the Penrith fans are thinking too. Exactly. So <laughs> there you go. Well, Was should be back next week week where normal transmission will resume with the Take Me Now, I've Seen It All uh, 
play on and play off. But in the meantime, why don't we go out with a bit more Eminem? Shady's back. Love it. Wrap it, Han. Wrap yes, us out. Back, 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 back again. again <laughs> Not again. us yet. Shady's We're clicking. Back, We're actually clicking, Maddie. This is awful. <laughs> 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 <laughs>